This call is being recorded. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita, who's on the line. Good morning, Ms. Deborah Evans. Good morning, Deborah Evans. Good morning. Good morning, it's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Good morning. Good morning, it's Prosperous Pam. Good morning, Prosperous Pam. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Chummy. Good morning. I'm sorry, I didn't get your name? Uh, Chummy Carlson. Uh, I called uh, one time before. I invited by Darlene Templeton. Oh, wonderful. Welcome, Chummy. Glad you called back in. Thank you. You're welcome. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita. Who's on the line? Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Monica. Good morning. Happy Wednesday, family. It's Nikisha. Happy Wednesday, Nikisha. Thank you, Valsita. Good morning, 
Yes, he is, Yvonne. Good morning. God is good. I'm today. Good morning, this is Patsy. Good morning, Patsy. Good morning, it's Diane. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Thank you. Happy Wednesday to you as well. Gloria. I'm sorry, the phone was a little bit muffled. Who what was your name? Gloria. Good morning, everybody. Oh, good morning, Gloria. Hey y'all, y'all, y'all. What's up, family? Good morning. Good morning, Brother E. Happy Wednesday. Good morning, good morning. Hi, family. How you doing? Happy Wednesday. <laughs> Good morning, Mona. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. You don't know about Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you for calling to Victory. This is Alice. Who else has joined us? Good morning. This is Stephen. Good morning, Stephen. Happy Wednesday. Thank you for calling to Clear Victory. This is Felicita. Who else has joined us? Good morning. Good morning. This is Will in Sacramento. Good morning, Will. Happy Wednesday. And there was Thank one you. other Happy person. Wednesday. It's Rochelle. Good morning. Good morning, Rochelle. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Thank you. Good morning, this is Sonia. Good morning, Sonia. Good morning, it's Barbara out of Lodi. God bless. Good morning, Barbara out of Lodi. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. Good morning. Good morning, family. Happy Wednesday. It's Dondria. Good morning, Dondria. Happy Wednesday. Thank you for calling to Claire Victory. This is Felicita. Who else has joined us? Good morning. This is Sister Shante. Good morning, Shante. Good morning. Good morning. This is Sister Patricia. I was trying to get my voice together. <laughs> and then you. <laughs> Good morning, Sister Patricia. Happy- Yes, happy uh, Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Okay. Yes. Happy Wednesday to you as well. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Happy Wednesday. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita. Who else has joined us? Good morning. It's Sister Priscilla. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Wednesday and good morning, Sister Priscilla. Is there anyone else that would like to say good morning before we begin the hosting? Okay, at this time, I'm going to ask everyone to please place their phones on mute, and we'll begin the hosting. 
Good morning, everyone. My name is Valuable Valacita, and I'm your hostess. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time, to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed as well. Be sure to join us daily in January for the monthly theme entitled Pursuing God. You don't want to miss the messages, teachings, lessons, and heart shares that will be brought to you by our wonderful and gifted declares. There's one announcement today. Today is the day that Declare Victory Fast for anything that you may be believing the Lord for. If you would like to join in, push back your plate or something that you spend a lot of time doing and offer this time to the Lord in prayer. We will be fasting all day until 5 p.m. when we will call back into the same phone number and have a quick closing prayer. There are no new prayer requests from the app. The order of the call is as follows. The declaration will be done by Dion. Praying and corporate praise will be done by Sonia Fisher. Then we'll go right into closing comments, which will be hosted by Dion. I'll repeat the order. Declaration by Dion, prayer and corporate praise by Sonia Fisher, and then closing comments hosted by Dion. The scripture today is Psalms chapter 14, verse 2. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand and any who seek God. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask that you please place your phones on mute until instructed to come off of mute. I now pass the call to Dion. Amen. Can you guys hear me? Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I was trying to get my head set together. Well, good morning, God morning, great morning, and happy Wednesday to everyone. Thank you for joining us this morning, praying that this morning finds you well. Uh, I am grateful for another opportunity to get this thing called life right while I yet have sand in the hourglass, excited about what God is doing uh, in this season and looking forward to the manifestation of the truth of his word uh, coming to life in each and every one of our lives. Um, I want to just throw this out here. We are um, in the process of talking about dates and times for us to have a declare victory, uh, food with friends, family reunion. So I'm excited about that. Uh, there is a post that has three separate dates in the month of April. Um, if you are out of state, we want to make sure uh, that you have the time if, in fact, you have a desire to be here uh, in the Bay Area when we so have our um, our meeting. Hopefully, we can get everything coordinated in such a way that no one has to be left out. It would be amazing um, for all of us to be in one room uh, with the same objective, and that is to love on one another, uh, to, to put name with face, and to uh, see even the power of God in that meeting. Um, and again, so we're looking, I believe it's April the 4th, 
uh, that we're looking at. Hold on one second. What What is it that you need? Um, again, April, I think the, the first three weekends, I think the last date uh, is the 27th. Either way it goes, if you would be kind enough, we'll get a majority rules vote if you are not in the victory room. Uh, whoever connected you with the call, please get in touch with them so, again, we can have uh, the proper date set up for the Declare Victory Food with Friends Family Reunion and, and kind of our anniversary celebration. I'm, I'm going to say it like that. Um, so again, good morning. God morning. I'm grateful to be able to share this morning. Uh, the Lord gave me today's declaration Wednesday right after I shared. And so um, I'm grateful. I've been studying throughout uh, the last week or so just about um, our response to tribulation, our response to trouble, our response to confrontation. And so the word of the Lord today is pursue the problem, pursue the problem. We have to uh, get to a place where we take courage, where we are not afraid to deal with our stuff, to walk through some stuff, to be honest, to be transparent, and to live our lives in such a way that we are unapologetic about the reality that we are God's choice children. God chose us, set us aside, set us apart that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I'm not sure about you all, but I am ready for the more abundantly. Uh, I'm ready for the indeed part of my life and whatever that takes. If it means dealing with my stuff, if it means being honest uh, about where I am, what I'm dealing with, uh, how I feel, how my emotions uh, are set up, I'm willing to do that in such a way that it brings me to a place of liberty in Christ, right? So there's liberty wherewith we are saved. And so um, this morning, I want to uh, talk from a place of truth and transparency, um, as always. And I, I want to empower you this morning, um, not just to believe God, but to believe God in such a way uh, that you are willing to face every single fear, every single obstacle that you might face in this season um, and in the seasons to come. Uh, I, I believe that there is a kingdom shift in how we handle trouble. There's a kingdom shift in how we deal with problems. There's a kingdom shift in, in how we expect God to show up in our lives. And so I want to empower you uh, with that as truth today. I don't know if you all can hear it, uh, but I borderline got an attitude with problems. Uh, I borderline have a, a, a vengeance uh, with things that come or arise against me. I kind of sort of uh, have an attitude about the whole thing because what I finally figured out after all this time is that uh, no matter what it looks like, we always always, always win. Uh, you are undefeatable. There is nothing that you do. There is nothing that you've done. And, and don't get me wrong. Uh, 
we have a responsibility in the matter. But this morning, I want to empower you um, with some truths of the word because what I realized is that our greatest responsibility is to steward our minds appropriately. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The reality is that the mind is the center of your soul. The mind is the center of your soul. It is responsible for both uh, the uh, conscious mind, mind and the seat of the will sits in the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, right? So the reality is you are whatever you think. If you are defeated when you approach a problem in your mind, you are defeated in the outcome. If you are defeated uh, when you contemplate should you stay or should you go, you've already lost before you started to pursue a thing. There is a responsibility that we have to pursue a thing. Uh, more than anything, anything that your heart adopts, your mind considers fact. Anything that your heart adopts, your mind considered facts, right? And so what I've learned, I remember uh, calling Tam one day and we were just chit-chatting and I told her, the Holy Spirit had told me, Dion, in this season, you don't have time for feelings, right? And so I'm a girl all day, every day. I mean, I'm absolutely a woman, but I'm a girl at heart, right? And so there are things that we, we as women use as excuses to falter or to fumble. Uh, but in this season, I declare, excuse me, I declare that you will not be defeated in this season. Decisions that used to be difficult, decisions that used to frustrate you, you will take care of with ease as you reinvent your thinking. Uh, my text this morning is going to come from Joshua, the eighth chapter, first through 11th verse. It's a very familiar passage of scripture, but uh, the Lord illuminated something for me that was dope. And you know, if it's dope, I got to tell you about this dope revelation. Um, I'm going to read this really quick, and then we're going to break some things down and start to unpack it so that you can begin to apply the principles, right? So wisdom is the principal thing. Uh, we have a responsibility uh, restoratively to understand how to steward our feelings, our emotions, and how to handle trouble. And Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. First point, a crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. Now get this, here comes the problem. And they put her in front of the crowd. And they put her in front of the crowd. They put her in front of the problem. There's already an advantage there. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says, kill her, honey. We should get some rocks and beat her to death. What you say? 
What you think, Jesus? They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him later. But Jesus stooped down, put a pin in that point number two, and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, man, shut up, honey. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Point number three, then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And then Jesus stood up again. Ma'am, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? And her response was, no, Lord. And Jesus said, so check it out. I'm not really tripping, but don't do that. Don't, don't do that again, okay? Okay, have a, have a seat, ma'am. Now, now let's back up and let's touch on a few things. Uh, uh, one of the things that uh, stands out to me is that Jesus stood up thrice, right? And you'll know that that's uh, anytime something is repetitive, there is a reason to take a second look at it. We have to understand that anything that goes against the laws and the principles of what God has already put in place is illegal, right? Uh, we talked for an entire month about the courts and about iniquities, transgressions, and sin in and of itself, right? We taught a, an entire series on empowering you to deal with historical sin, current sin, willful sin. Remember that the seat of the will, right? We, we have to address uh, where the will sits. We have to deal with the things in our conscious mind and our subconscious mind. Now, chances are, uh, you know, for a minute, you'll get away with things. But what I understand today, uh, and I'm, I'm going to give you an additional scripture because I want you to be able to run through stuff. I want you to be able to, when a problem comes, know that you always win, especially uh, when you've always done the right thing. There's one thing that I tell my children on a constant base. If you do the right thing the first time, you will always have done the right thing. You cannot refute, dispute, or contest the truth. All Jesus came to teach us was that integrity and character are a reflection of his heart for us. Every law put in place is to keep you from having hands that are guilty, to keep you from being obligated to the consequence of a law, not the consequence of what we saw earlier, and they put her before the crowd. Honey, I don't care 
what y'all say. What y'all say has nothing to do with what you see and what you know to be true about where we sit currently, right? Joshua 1 and 8 says this, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written. Now get this, we have to assume the responsibility. That means we have to pursue the problem. Any area of your life that you are not operating in the guise of the principles and laws, the mature principles and laws and precepts of who and what God has already established to make sure that the earth runs without you being uh, to blame for anything. You, if Listen, if she hadn't have been in the bed, they wouldn't have had no reason to bring her. To, to the father, right? But it says, and then you, not me, not the crowd, not the opinion of the people, then you will be prosperous and successful. Then you, right? So now we take onus. Now we are accountable for all of our actions. Then you will make your way prosperous, right? and successful now now get this uh when jesus returns right as he was speaking uh the pharisees and the religious law keepers brought the woman the people have a tendency uh to want to drag you into the courts about what they feel you are guilty of again if you always do the right thing you will always have done the right thing there is no explanation necessary for operating in truth character and integrity it is our responsibility to make our ways prosperous no one else can do it uh, prayers don't make you do it fasting don't make you do it what makes you uh, uh, honorable, what makes you noble, what makes you uh, separate uh, and stand out from the crowd is keeping uh, the order of what God put in place to provoke you, to cause you, to propel you into the wind is our responsibility. Nobody else can do it for you but you, right? And then as they brought him, um, as they brought her to him, it says, uh, teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses, right, says to stone her. Forget about Moses' law. If you know for a fact that that's not your husband, if you know for a fact that that's not your wife, if you know for a fact that that's not your money, if you know for a fact that you didn't write that and you plagiarized it, the simplest things, laws work to make sure you win. Laws work to make sure you win. So now they're trying to do two things at one time. They're trying to make him guilty of enforcing a law that was abolished because he was present. And they're also trying to get him to condemn her for something that she knows she's guilty. She ain't confused, right? She blew it. Uh, I don't know about y'all. How many of y'all have blown it? I've blown it. I've been in situations where I'd be like, now, honey, now what? That was just as dumb. Now, you already know that's going to cost you something. That's going to slow your roll. That's going to put you behind the eight ball. That's going to create a situation for you, and not because of the act, 
But what happens is when you sin intentionally, you fool around and in your mind, now you're thrown off. Right? In your mind, now here you are dealing with something you didn't even have to deal with. Trying to process out something you really didn't even have to go through. Right? For a single people, you ever been single and on a good track? Uh, you, you've been minding your business, keeping your body to yourself and all, and then you fool around and walk to the pit, step down into the pit and lay down in that thing? Listen, honey, that is the absolute worst. Been there. Not only have I been there, but on my way to being there, I was like, you know, this is dumb, right? You know, this going to throw you completely off. This going to throw you about six months behind time because now you got to process out this stupid guilt, right? So the woman's standing there feeling dumb, feeling thirsty, shame, all the cats in the, in the you know, on the block, on the set, whatnot, uh, all the people that always got something to say and brought her to uh, Jesus and put her on Front Street and got her now in a situation, feeling some kind of way. Uh, she's standing there in a sheet looking like she borderline slow. And uh, Jesus stooped down, right? And it says, but Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust. Sometimes you got to get under the problem so that you can lift up the spirit of the person that is broken. Sometimes you got to bend down so low uh, that, that guilt and shame have no place or position because you've not esteemed yourself above them. One of the things that I've learned in ministry, one of the things that I've learned uh, in discipleship and teaching and training is that uh, when you fool around uh, and, and get the heart of somebody, when you give people permission to be Every single thing that they are, be it broken and tattered, uh, bruised and uh, uh, shot down. I, the, uh, the other day, yesterday, as a matter of fact, Kedra shared a post. Uh, and if you knew our history, uh, Kedra is, has come such a long way. And sometimes we, we blow it in the process, right? But it's par for the course. She will be able to speak to people that you and I won't be able to get to. See, that woman that stood before Jesus would be able to reach her hand back and talk to some tramps on the block, right? Because Mother, Mother Martha, I don't, girl, if you don't get away from me, you ain't did nothing according to you with your righteous, self-righteous self. You can't really talk to me from that place. But you stand on a corner for a living. You spend a whole bunch of time being a junkie. You be, you be the neighborhood whole long enough, right? You walk in the room and you see who God has ordained you to speak to at that moment. You, you be the chick that always messed with the D-boys. You be the materialistic one and God save you and redeem you, clean you up and put you in a place where you have been delivered in your mind and that's not how you live anymore and that's not how you think. Now those Pharisees and those givers of the law, now they'll remember your responsibility is this and not to prove anything to anyone. I don't care what you say as long as you know what the truth is. That at the end of the day, you can talk about whosoever all day, every day. But at the end of the day, when your character and your integrity begin to abide in the place of the law, of the truth of God's word, something different happens, right? Something different happens. Even though they may remember that you blew it, eh, 
so, honey, you gonna blow it probably tomorrow because you're not even tripping off of getting it together. Right? I love the fact that Jesus stooped down, got under the problem, was not in any way uh, attempting to intimidate her, in attempting to belittle her. His goal was so that uh, she understood, okay, all right, you, you blew it. Get up. Dust yourself off. What is it that you are blowing in this season? It may not be physical. It may not be uh, 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 somebody else's husband, somebody else's wife. But where is it that you have missed the mark? Where is it that you have fallen short? It is a matter of your mindset. See, Jesus understood. See, empathy is a very important tool in discipleship. Empathy is the thing uh, that helps you to get under a matter. It helps you to partner with a problem, deal with it head on. So he didn't let her off the hook technically, but what he did was he used the power of inclusion. Uh, the reality is some people have come from some stuff. Some people have experienced some things that are necessary, par for the course, which is why we always talk about the fact that it's very powerful to be transparent. It's powerful to be honest and truthful because there's somebody in the room that needs your fall. They needed you to fall that time, right? So you can keep your head uh, your chin to your chest, as I call it, you can keep your head low, that you are not determined to be little or make a fool out of them. You are not uh, exacerbating the efforts necessary to make them feel small and stupid and little. Jesus stooped down, <clears throat> but then, get this, then he stood up. The, the, the point in this matter is that there's a particular posture that you need to pursue problems, right? You got to be able to get low enough to get under it. And then you got to have the courage to stand up in it, right? Now the woman did not object to having blown it. She, she knew, she knew what time it was. She knew she had uh, uh, had a quote unquote fall from grace. You know, that's the, the chatter, that's the hashtag this week. Uh, I, I'm not watching it. Um, but but there was uh, an answer that she gave even in her response. And so as Jesus stood up, he said, now what he did was he confronted everything that, that confronted her. He told everybody there, check this out. If we put you in a sheet, <laughs> What you gonna be dealing with? What will you have hidden? What have you been let off the hook for that you've done? What is it that you've said? What is it that you've experienced? What is it that you uh, could technically be held accountable or hostage to? What is it? What about your stuff, right? Again, understanding that the universe operates, the world, and I'm not trying to be new agey by any stretch, it's Jesus and him crucified, uh, but, but in real life, the world responds to laws and principles. You ain't even got to be saved for them to operate. When you break a law, if you run a light, guess what? If they got a camera on that light post, you're still responsible for the same re uh, uh, response as if a police officer pulled you over. So Jesus stood up and he confronted uh, the issue, right? 
and, and even after they had tried to hold him hostage to historical stuff, to the law of Moses, then Jesus took uh, uh, and he used his emotional intelligence. Some of us, we have a low EQ, not a low IQ, right? When problems come up, we completely freak out. When problems arise, uh, we, we get so consumed with the problem that we forget about the process and the promise. It is necessary when situations arise that you use level thinking. Remember, I started this conversation, this dialogue by saying, the Lord told me in this season, I don't have time to be emotional. One of the most powerful demonstrations uh, that the father shared and showed uh, was his EQ. He was so level-headed. Right. His intellectual capacity superseded general understanding. His his uh, emotional intelligence superseded general understanding. Every time there was a problem, uh, even when uh, uh, he was approached or uh, sold, when Judas betrayed him. Look, check the move. Do this real fast because I got stuff to do. I mean, I, I know you I know you hold down. I know that, you know, you, you're. You, you a hater. I know that you're envious. I know that you, you want them little coins. That's cool. Hurry up, though, so we can get this over with. The Lord is trying to take us to a place emotionally that when PG&E ain't paid, we not weirded out. <laughs> when rent isn't on time, we not weirded out. We not freaking out. We not stressed out. Uh, when somebody has something ill or negative to say in there, calling for us to answer to the, the Pharisaic law in their heart, uh, that we're not thrown off and that we don't take and use what they feel, what they think to superimpose it on ourselves and stand up in what they said, right? And so here it is that uh, uh, Jesus stood up after he had stooped down, right? Isn't it amazing how your problem will demand an answer? But the response of Jesus, right, was he got low again. Man, I'm, I'm not doing all of that with y'all. Y'all tripping off the wrong thing. Instead of being concerned about restoring her, Instead of being concerned about that man's wife being broken and hurt because she was violated, instead of teaching her, listen, you know, you, you're not really allowed to do that. <laughs> they want to kill her. What if every single time we did something, what if every single time we broke a law, honey, folk, we, we would be walking down the street looking at dead by, see dead people, <laughs> right? And so, listen, when her accusers heard this, see, when the problem understands, number one, that you're willing to get low, get under it, and then stand up in it, it kind of shut people up. Yeah, I did that. Good, too. I got a whole T-shirt. <laughs> I was all of that. But the beautiful thing is nothing is wasted. God uses everything to restore a matter. He even used her infraction 
uh, to replenish her. He used uh, where she had blown it at, uh, and he took it and he handed it to the people that brought her with accusation, uh, like we do in the courts. Listen, I agree with your adversary quickly, lest the bailiff carry you off to jail. I did it. It was me. Some of us have some secrets, some hidden things, some secret sins. Some of us are struggling with pornography and fornication and adultery and being a thief and a liar. We have all of those different things. But uh, uh, Jesus, then after he stooped, then he stood. After he stooped, then he stood. He got low uh, to lift her up. And then after he got low to lift her up, he got low again. One of the Next tools that I've learned uh, is, is when you are sent to encourage someone, it's very important that you build them up. It's very important that you acknowledge uh, that you're not in this thing alone. I need you to understand that, yes, you may have blown it, but take a look around you. These jokers, I like to say something else, these cats, they didn't blew it too. You just happen to get caught. The key here is don't do it. So you ain't got nothing to get caught for. Keep your hands clean. Keep your chin up. Keep yourself out the way. Put your chin to your chest and serve. Be every single thing uh, uh, that God told you. I, I can imagine him with the stick in hand uh, saying, child, this is just as petty as the day is long. And get this, all them loud mouth have something to say. I, I got uh, an idea that you ratchet and low down. All them jokers one by one. And get this. And it says that it started with the eldest one. Right? This cat got to looking in his bag of foolishness. And I guess he said, child, if I if we going to stone her, I absolutely got to go because I got a bunch of stuff I ain't never said sorry for. Right? Beginning with the oldest one until Jesus was left in the middle. Sometimes you got to get in the middle of a thing with somebody to pull them completely out, which means that the level of transparency in which you operate, uh, the level of transparency in which you communicate begins to restore them in such a way that not only is guilt abolished, but now you can say, okay, we know you did this. Right, like that, like that, that part. You, somebody right now, Ma Somebody is dealing with guilt and shame. Guilt and shame are the result of unforgiveness toward you, honey. Let that go. Let that go, and then get up, right? Get up and stand up in whatever it is that you did, and pursue the problem. Deal with it. Deal with it so that you can overcome it, right? And then Jesus stood up yet again. <laughs> he stood up. He got low. He stood up. He got low. And then he stood up again. And he said, where everybody go? Ma'am, sir, you are not on your own. You are not by yourself. You have a great cloud of witnesses, all of us working out our own soul salvation, one from another to another. Our responsibility is to get better together. Now, seem to me like, like Sadie would say, seem to me like the same people that accused her uh, would be like, oh, yeah, we, we tripping, we sorry. 
No, no, no. Sometimes you ain't going to get no sorry. And then Jesus said, now, now, didn't one of them hold you hostage to what you did the other day? And I could see the chick standing there with the sheet wrapped around her, feeling smirkish, a little shame, looking around. Well, uh, I guess they ratchet too. Uh-huh. They ratchet too, child. Quit tripping. And Jesus said, neither do I. I'm, I'm not tripping. That's what, that's what I came for. I am the representation of forgiveness. I am the representation of you being liberated. I am the one that came not only to give you life, but to give it to you more abundantly. But listen to what he said. Just as simple. It was easy for her to receive because he had stooped down. And then he defended her. And then he stooped down to reinforce that I'm not trying to make you feel lower than me. We got to stop as a body of believers making people feel stupid because they blew it. Because quiet as it's kept, you will blow it too. You listen to one too many love songs and you single. You have one too many conversations with somebody outside of your spouse. You got, you got blow it proclivities. Right? And so Jesus said, go have a seat, ma'am. Sit down. Wait. Don't break the laws that I put in place to keep you safe. Don't break the laws that I put in place to make sure that you have peace of mind so you can stand against anything. Right? Don't, don't put yourself in a position to have to defend yourself. Why would you do that to you? That's borderline slow. Right? Why would you intentionally break a law so so let, let me let me let me say it like this if i had uh, a seed and i sit it on the counter i turn on the light in the bathroom uh i turn on the light in the kitchen the seed is there on the counter question i want to ask you and i want you to answer it out loud on mute will it grow well, we know absolutely not. It's just going to be a seed on the counter. What it has done, it, it, has, it has broken a law. Every seed needs dirt to grow. If you don't plant it in the appropriate place, it needs dirt and water. It needs dirt and water. It needs soil that's not stony. It needs dirt and water. Right now, some of us uh, are seeds on the counter. Chances are it's because you've not done the work of tilling your land. Because, you know, if you plant a seed in stony ground, it'll grow for a little while. But after a while, the roots will get choked out. After a while, it won't have any room. You, you plant a seed in a crack where it's cemented. Crazy part is you'll see a spricket of growth. A little bit. But when your heart is stony and rocky, it doesn't have anywhere to go. Chances are this chick had been planted very close to some cement. Because certain things you just ain't going to do that don't have nothing to do with attraction. has everything to do with EQ, your emotional intelligence, and taking your emotions and your funky little feelings that make a fool out of you every time, sitting them on the shelf like the seed is. Right? You take your little emotions and put them in your purse or put them in your pocket and stop expecting the result you think you want. 
right? She, I, I don't know, you know, if it was just the, the momentary gratification or perhaps this man had told her, I, honey, I don't love her. She don't love me. I don't know. But what I do know is this. I have, and I say this all the time, I have never seen a tree walking around looking for dirt to grow from. I have never heard a bird ask for permission to fly in the sky he was created to occupy. I have never seen a fish standing on the side of a stream asking for permission to swim. It's innate. You were created to win flawlessly. You were designed to supersede your cultural uh, uh, impressions, your cultural impact, your cultural influence. I don't care what Johnny do. These laws and principles that were put in place to keep me safe, I'm going to use them and I'm going to live. Uh, the, these laws that were uh, put together, I'm, every single thing on the inside of me, I'm going to start tilling up my soil. I'm going to get every rock out, every bad concept, every broke down precept, anything to make me think it's okay to break the law. I don't care what y'all do, and I, I know y'all got stuff to do. Uh, y'all got dirt too, but at the end of the day, my responsibility is my, my particular parcel of land, child, trying to keep my business from being a mess. I don't got time to worry about your rocks and your places. That's your stuff. No different than the same rocks that they needed to pull out of their heart that they wanted to stone old girl with. They had to turn around and walk away because they knew just like she had stuff, so did they. I want to tell you today, pursue the rocks in your heart that will cause you to break the laws that God put in place to protect you. I want to read this scripture one more time. Uh, Joshua 1 and 8. Keep this book of the law on your lips. Keep this book of the law on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous. I want to tell you one last thing as I prepare to pass the call. Nobody can make you successful. Nobody can provoke you to win. Nobody will take you to the next level. Nobody will deliver you from obesity. Nobody will deliver you from whoredom. You got to do it. Prayer will not make you lose weight. Prayer will not change your mind. I'm going to say that again. Prayer does not change your mind. Whatever you practice, you will consistently participate in. Whatever habits you form, you will begin to live the habit out. This woman got caught in the middle of, of being loose. Chances are it was what she was practicing. What goes in comes out. Pursuing the problem is not necessarily about a late PG&E bill, not necessarily about uh, more months than you got money. It's about a mindset. 
It's about a location. Remember, he stooped down, then he stood up, then he stooped down, then he stood up. When he declared a thing, he stood up in it. When he uh, was comforting and rebuilding her, he got down low. Prayer uh, creates the posture. What you hear, what you say creates the mindset to live out the habits or the, the, the things that you are gravitating towards. I'm going to make this confession, and then I will pass it to the prayer warrior. I have to be very careful in how I balance um, my aggressive study and how I every now and then, well, not even every now and then, I try to do it frequently. You will see me post a, a ghetto song, child, a love song. I don't know. It just depends on, on what kind of mood I'm in. If I want to be turned up a little bit, I might listen to me some Tupac, the uh, some some Jay-Z, yada, yada. Um, but I have to be very careful with how I listen to love songs because I'm single. And I can feel my whole flesh coming to life if I'm not cautious with what I listen to, right? That's what, that's what we fast for because today is Wednesday. It's the day that we have set aside to fast. I fast because outside of me fasting and bringing my flesh under subjection, Honey, I'm 48 years old. Look at here. Listen here. Right? I'm a whole entire life. However, there are laws that are created for me to win. If we start thinking about the laws created for us to win, we'll stop thinking about the consequences if we fail. I ain't worried about failing. I'm, 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 I'm here to win this thing. So some stuff I, I don't have time for because I'm created to win. I was created to walk away from my accuser with my self-esteem intact, with my EQ intact. Whatever was, already was, let it go, press forward. Whatever your accusation is in the earth, deal with it. Agree with your adversary quickly. Let it go and move on. It is time for us to walk in victory. The only way to do that is to agree with the laws and the principles and the precepts that were put in place to protect you and to provoke you to the win. Know this. This is, this is not a shouty message. This is an intellectual. I need you to think with your spirit man. I need you to get out of your carnal, soulish man and begin to walk in the truth of God's word as I pass the call. Glorious Father, as we come before thy, thy presence, O oh God, we thank you, God, because unto you all things belong unto you. Lord, this morning we say, Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom the power, and the glory. God of heaven, we come before thy presence this morning. Just wanted to say thank you, Father, because without you, we are nothing, my heavenly Father. Without you going before us, my heavenly Father, we are nothing. Without you, Father, we want, we just need any and everything of you, my heavenly Father. So on this day, this day, we declare victory. We declare that we win because 
in you we move and have our being, my Heavenly Father. We give you thanks, Lord, because you've given us activity of limb, Lord God. Lord God, we give you thanks for this day because it's another day's journey, my Heavenly Father, that you are walking it out with us, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, we give you thanks on this day because we can lift our hands, Lord God. We can move around upon our feet, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, we give you thanks on this day that with each breath that we take, my Heavenly Father, is by your grace, my Heavenly Father, and your mercy, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, we give you thanks, Lord God, as we continue to approach your throne of grace, my Heavenly Father, that you are Abba Father, Lord God, and you hear our cries, Lord God. You hear the songs in our hearts, my Heavenly Father. You see the things that we go through, but Father, by strength of your hand, Lord God, you keep us, my Heavenly Father, Lord God. Lord God, as we approach your throne of grace this morning, Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for the birds in the air, the trees in the ground, Lord God, the air that we breathe in, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, we thank you for the roofs over our heads, Lord God. We thank you for providing for all of our needs, my Heavenly Father. But even more, as we come close to thy throne of grace, O oh God, we ask that you search the inward parts of us, Lord God, as we humbly bow our heads, Lord God, and lift up our hearts unto thee, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, that as this day progresses, my Heavenly Father, we push aside everything that will entangle us, my Heavenly Father, as we search out and seek after thee, my Heavenly Father. We pursue you, my Heavenly Father, to fast this day, Lord God, to hear more from you, Lord God, to hear more of your direction, my Heavenly Father, to hear what you have to say, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, we thank you for the blood that covers us, my Heavenly Father. We thank you for the indwelling, Lord God, of the Holy Spirit, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, we thank you, O God, that how you speak to us in many ways, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you as you walk with us, Lord God, that you continue to encourage us, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, we thank you because unto you, Lord God, we lean upon you, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, that we can see things that we could never see before, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, we thank you that we can hear things that we could never hear once before, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, we thank you for the new song that you're creating in us, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, we thank you for the sound that is coming out of us, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, that you protect us, my Heavenly Father. You thank, I thank you, Lord God, because as you keep us, my Heavenly Father, you prosper us in you, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, that you continue to prosper us in your way, my Heavenly Father, not in our own, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, as we are compassed about by so many witnesses, Lord God, we are going to lay aside every weight and every measure that will try to entangle us, my Heavenly Father, and we will pursue you, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, we will seek those things that are above and not below, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, because our heart desires to please you, my Heavenly Father, and all that we do, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, we love you each and every day, every more, every second, every hour, my Heavenly Father, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you have teaching our hands to war and our fingers to fight, my Heavenly Father, Lord God, because you are our shepherd and we shall not want, my Heavenly Father. Lord God, you lead us beside the still waters and you restore our soul, Lord God. As you prepare that table before us, Lord God, there is goodness there, there is joy, there is temperance, my Heavenly Father, there is love, oh God that you abide in us, Lord God, evermore, Lord God, and where you abide, it abounds evermore, my Heavenly Father, Lord God. I thank you that you reach to the depths of our soul, my Heavenly Father, and pull out those things that need to be pulled out, my Heavenly Father. And as you pull them out, Lord God, you replace them with more of you, my Heavenly Father, Lord God. As you stooped down and you stood up, Lord God, you kept stooping down and standing up for us, my Heavenly Father, because your fight is just not anything, Lord God. You want your children to come back, Lord God. And I thank you, oh God, for what you are doing in the body, oh God. I thank you for the things that you continue to work out in this, my Heavenly Father, Lord God. I, Lord God, I bring before you, Lord God, those that are asking for prayer, Lord God. I bring before you James Patterson, Lord God, as we carry him on his mat, take off the roof and bring him into your presence, oh God. 
Lord God, I thank you for the healing that you're continuing to do in him, my heavenly father. Lord God, I ask you to do the same for Robert Fisher, Lord God, that you go where he is right now, Lord God, and you lay your hand upon him and in his chest, oh God. I thank you, Lord God, that have not asked, but those that are seeking for prayer for others, Lord God, that we bring their mess before you at your throne of grace, oh God, that you can do what only that you can do, my heavenly father, Lord God, that you will pour out your water, Lord God, that you will pour out your word, oh God, that you will cover them in the blood, oh God, that you will gird them up from their feet on up to the top of their head, oh God. Though, Lord God, that you begin to work it out, Lord God, that you will let your mind be in them that was also in Christ Jesus, my heavenly Father, that your peace will surpass all understanding, oh God. Lord God, as we begin to take our phones off of you, oh God, we will begin to thank you, oh God. We begin to thank love you, God, on you, oh God. We will begin to worship you, oh God. With our hands, hallelujah, hallelujah, we thank you, Lord Yeah. 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 Yeah.
thank God for um, just another opportunity to share and to put us in a position to have some genuine dialogue um, surrounding um, our consideration this morning. Right before we get ready to go into the dialogue, there may be somebody that jumped on, and you guys, pardon my car noise. I just got through dropping the boys off at work. Um, there may be somebody jumped on, didn't get a chance to say good morning. It is our time to acknowledge one another. Is there anybody that joined a little bit late? You didn't get a chance to say good morning. Morning, Dion. It's Dee Dee. Love you. Hey, Ladybug. Good morning. Morning, Good morning, Sophie. Good morning. This is Sister Susan from the House of Restoration in Oakland. Amen. Good morning, Sister Susan. Hey, Elsie. Good morning, babe. Good morning. This is Doratio. Hey, Doratio. Welcome. Good to hear your sound this morning. Glad to have you on deck. <laughs> Happy Wednesday to you. Thank you. Good morning. This is Catherine. Good morning, sir. Hey, Kat. Good morning, babe. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Caroline. Good morning. Hey, Caroline. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Tamisha. Hey, Tamisha. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning, it's Natasha. Hi, Tasha. I was thinking about you this morning. I love you. Thank you. Love you too. Anybody else? There's 18 million of y'all on this phone. Say good morning, child. <laughs> morning, it's Juliet. Hi, too. Good morning. Where's your other better half? Probably at work. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it for you, Brother E. Yo, yo, good morning, yo. Miss Tanya. Hey, Tanya. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's Tanya. Hi, Tanya. Good morning. This is Denise. Hey, Denise. Good morning. Good morning. It's Yvette. Hey, Beth. Good morning. Yo, yo, yo. I say good yo, morning yo, earlier. Good <laughs> oh, morning to my okay. queen. Everything. <laughs> I'm on here. Good morning. Good morning, bro. I know. Morning. I know you were there. Good morning, Seth. Love you. We're sorry, Dad. I love you more. How about that? Good morning, Victory family. God bless you all this morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Where's Good morning, Sister Tracy? Hi, Sister Tracy. Good morning. Amen. Amen. Is that all before I... I jump in. Good morning. I said good morning earlier, but good morning, Victory family. Good morning, Pastor. Hey, Amen. Well, again, good morning. Um, hopefully, something that was said today empowered you, encouraged you, and inspired you, enriched you, enlightened you, but most importantly, triggered you um, to pursue the problem. What's in you, uh, and, and I'm going to say this in a roundabout way, uh, I got a feeling old girl didn't have too many friends, 
right? Because you got to have friends to, to communicate with and talk about things that you are struggling with and dealing with and uh, friends that will get low and then help you stand up in your stuff, help you deal with uh, your character flaws and the things about you that are not integral, that do not align with the laws and the principles that are put in place to keep you safe. What you do not confess, you will constantly adhere to. Like we, we are absolutely responsible for dealing with, you know, if you've got an area that's low down, listen, this, this one of them joints, you can come and be like, look, check, check the move. I'm blowing it right here. I need you to pray specifically so we're not praying amiss. If you're struggling with something, you've you got to insulate yourself with people that will keep you accountable. Right? She was ratchet. She was, she was a little raggedy. Right. And there was some stuff in her that she hadn't confronted yet. It was some stuff in her that she hadn't pursued yet. And apparently uh, she didn't have the proper insulation. Right. We have to be very, very cognizant of who's around us. Very, very conscious of who we allow ourselves to utilize our, our very, very necessary time with. Right. And so you, you get to a point, when you want to be free for real, you, you deal with stuff, no matter how painful, no matter how embarrassing, no matter how frustrating. When you really want to be loose, when you really want out, man, I ain't got time to be worried about the crowd. I don't care about none of that. I'm, I'm about to fool around and die on the vine, die in the company of the king, and, and I can't talk about what's going on, listen, if I can't talk about where I'm raggedy at, when I get to where I'm going, I don't want to be your friend, child. And have somebody around me that'll get low and say, yeah, you, you can't really afford that, sis. You can't, really, you can't really pay that. Anybody have any questions, comments, commentary um, that you have surrounding the discussion this morning? Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's up, bro? What's up, little sis? Listen, what you just uh, uh, said uh, right before I came on uh, showed shows the insight because this um, text is so rich. I believe it's John uh, chapter eight. If anybody wants to go and and read it and kind of study it. Um, Christian tradition says that, that the woman who was caught in adultery, right here, she's placed on the scene, is actually Mary Magdalene. Now, if you know anything about Mary Magdalene, if you know anything about her, she's a good girl gone bad, okay? Mary Magdalene is the, is the sister Martha. And that is uh, in the Bible, that's a good family. In fact, that's a family of Pharisees. You know anything about a Pharisee? If you were a Pharisee, then anybody in your family was a Pharisee. That means men and women. They knew the law. They knew the Bible. They knew the scroll. For some instance or whatever, and married the youngest sister, she's a good girl on bad. For whatever reason, and there's a lot of there's a lot of things going. On. I'm not going to go too much into, 
and she, she's kicked out the house. She goes to a city called Magdalene. Magdalene would be like uh, East 14th International on, on Oakland. Magdalene would be like the, the old um, strip in, 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 on, in New York, 42nd Street. Magdalene would be like um, Las Vegas. It's the whole straw. So she goes to this city, she becomes a prostitute, and she practices it. And the thing about it, what you said uh, before, um, um, sis, is that when somebody goes bad, and when a woman goes bad, we have to understand in this culture, women, women weren't, didn't have identities. Women weren't independent women, okay? And so um, you, you have this good girl going bad. She's isolated. She's shunned by, by her female friends or whatever. She's looked down uh, definitely uh, 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 by the men. And that same thing happens today. But she's set up. She's set up in order to, to trap Jesus. And when you read John 8 and they bring her to Jesus, they already know that Jesus has power. They already know because if you read John, they already know that Jesus already has already talked to the woman in Samaria. So he's already a controversial figure, but they already know that he has power. He is he has healed, uh, he has brought back to life uh, a child of, of a rich person in Capernaum. You know, he's already said these things that they can't understand, you know, if you eat my body and drink my blood. So they already think that Jesus is kind of a little, you know, a little strange. But they also know that he has authority. He knows his Bible and everything. So this is this situation that they trap Jesus. And there's two laws. This is, what they're this is what they try to trap him in. When they bring this woman in adultery, they're bringing him. They already know that she's, she's broken the law. She's broken the law in, in, in order of God's law. But there are two laws. There's God's law and then there's Romans law. When they bring bring her to him, they're like, which law is she underneath? If you say that she's uh, um, broken God's law, then she's got to be killed. It's already common knowledge she's broken law. They call her in the act. What you going to do, Jesus? She's broken the law. She should be killed. But then there's man's law, too. Romans law says that you can't kill nobody until you bring her to court and you bring her to, to uh, 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 justice, and there has to be a sentence carried out. You got God's law. You got man's law. And there's two very, and the thing about it, there's two differences to that. Jesus goes out, he writes on, he writes in the sand. He writes the sins we traditionally don't know. And they leave. But what stuck to me and what you were talking about is what Jesus asked her and reverberates 4,000 years to now. Who accuses you? in a court of law. Who are your accusers? Who can cast the stone? You have all these church people, you have everybody. 
who can condemn you in my eyes? Jesus, who is the judge, who is the right of the law, who is Lord, who is creator and everything, he asked her, who can accuse you? Who can condemn you? And as we see, nobody's there. Right. She says, no one. That's the yeah, question. There, there, there. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Because everybody's gone. Because he's already written down everybody. Because the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not just man, but fallen angels. Who can come before the court of God and accuse anybody unless they're perfect, unless without sin? This is what Jesus asked her. This is what we have to contemplate. Who can accuse me in the court of God? Who can right. bring a charge to me in the court of God? No one. Yeah, but that ought to, that ought to be the thing that liberates us. And just just for the for the sake of time, and I, I don't know how many folks we have on standby. Amen. One of the most powerful things that we will ever um, grasp is that everybody got stuff. Period. When you realize that everybody got stuff, and, and I'm not saying to repeat it or to continue to do it, but when you start to understand that it's your responsibility um, to own yours, you stop worrying about what they say. One of the first things God delivers you from when he get ready to take you to the next level is people. The crowd. I don't, I don't care what you say. Sir, ma'am, I don't care. Over it. Amen. Amen. Anybody else have questions, comments, commentary? I have a question. This is Sister Priscilla. I just want some clarity. Um, when you mentioned um, the Roman law and you mentioned God's law, and when uh, they brought the woman before Jesus, they knew both, and they were trying to set him up. Can you explain that just a little? Can you repeat that those those sentences, those few sentences again? She talking I'm talking to the mm-hmm. what, what was What was that? Okay. Okay. So you mentioned. Exactly. That's okay. That's okay. When you mentioned the law and you talked and you, and when they brought the woman before Jesus they knew what they were doing they were trying to set Jesus up i get that but what i what i'm trying to get in my mind straight the two laws you said the roman law and then you said god's law i do believe and they knew that when you caught someone in that act that the roman law said they had to come before the court i do believe and then they had to have a case, basically, and that person would be sentenced to death. And so I did hear it. Okay. And so they knew that. Um, but God's law doesn't say that. I, I'm, and, I, and I get what you're saying about who can, who can accuse us. There's liberty in God's law. No one can accuse us because he asked the question. Which one of you have not sinned? And if any one of you have sinned, let you cast the first stone. Okay. Um, and no no one could do anything. 
But did you mention another law in there as well? No, I mentioned two laws. And, and the reason why I mentioned two laws is, is specifically there is a difference. There is divine law and there is uh, man's law. Man's law is imposed. When we go by man's law, we say this. You, you committed a crime. Right. You've got to serve your, you've got to serve your um, sentence, and there's no grace. There's no grace period. There's no nothing. Right. God's right. law is this. You've committed a crime. I understand that. But through the grace and, and, and the power of, my shed, of, of the shed blood of my Savior, you don't have to endure the punishment. And, and, and this is where the writing of the sand. All of our sins can be written in the sand. I'm so glad our sins are written in the sand because if you ever write, write something in the sand, it can be, it can be erased. Now the right, the wind can go on. Right. I'm sorry. But, but in the hardness of your heart, sand can become brick, which, 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 which hardens and become your prison. Or if you go through the fiery things of, 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 of tribulation and of God transforming fire with Holy Spirit, your sins can be made into something that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Because if you heat sand, it becomes diamond or it becomes glass. That's all I'm saying. So there's a difference between God's law and man's law. And we have to be very, very careful that we know the difference. Amen. Yes. Amen. And 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 um, Sister Diana, I just want to say thank you for that revelation you just said. You know when God's taking you to a different level, when you walk into a transparent situation in which you've been through, and you don't care what the people think, because you're not, you don't have the luxury, you don't have the luxury, and you don't have the time. So I thank you for saying that. You just uh, gave me a revelation. I appreciate it. Thank you. Amen. Yeah, we, 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 um, a lot of times we, we super overthink stuff, right? Mm. The, the, the biggest thing we could ever do, um, is get over it. Like, like, life is, life is going to happen, right? But guilt, guilt and shame hold you there, right? Sin, as much as it hurts God, hurts us more because then it ties us to an infraction that we are in our subconscious mind always reliving, right? And we relive it more often than not when we do not confess it. But when you confess something and you repent of it, you, you, not to let yourself off the hook understanding that, you know, a, a consequence may or may not be looming. We have been taught in church um, that we're going to pay for everything we've done. That's not really real. And don't don't get me wrong. There are consequences for everything, right? But, but there's some things are instant karma. Some things God uses as tools to deliver you out, to let you know it exists in your heart, right? Some things God allows to teach us things. But we hold our ourselves conscious to the sin of the matter instead of absorbing the lesson intended that he intended for us to learn. If you take the lesson 
uh, discontinue the sin. It's just that. It's a lesson. You don't got to beat yourself up till Jesus get here. All right. Okay, you did it. Move on. Now go and sin no more. We just saw that in the text. They don't do that no more. Cut it out. And sometimes that's what you got to say to yourself. Hey, man, watch out. Don't do that. And you got to replace that bad habit with something else. And then you got to insulate yourself and call your friends and be like, listen, I'm feeling raggedy today. I'm, I'm feeling a little trampish. Excuse me. Right? I'm feeling like, listen, I get the right phone call. I'm going to run out. Can you do me a favor and pray specifically? To every man is given the measure of self-control. That's emotional intelligence. You, you will make, then you will make your way prosperous. Nobody's going to make your way prosperous but you. And prayer ain't going to keep you from sinning. <laughs> you better now, preach, Pastor. Listen, listen, I ain't trying to be funny. I'm not saying prayer does not have power. What has power is deliverance, right? But that deliverance lasts only as long as you employ a level of self-discipline and self-control to keep the principles in place that were put in place to keep us safe. If I can interject right here, um, sis, uh, that's powerful what you just said. And, and, and it's true, because even if, if we, as we look at Mary Magdalene, after God tells her to go and sin no more, she doesn't just go off and just live her life, but she constantly pursues Mary. She reconciles herself to her family, and she, and, and she enters into her own ministry. So, you know, after that, you always you see Mary Magdalene, and she becomes one of the most important women in, 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 in the life of Jesus right there because she pursues him, she she supports him, she follows him. And that's the lesson for us all. That once we've been free from bondage and everything, it's our obligation to, to go and to pursue God, to do what God has called us to do. And and as as Mary did what she do, we can do the same. That, listen, because at the end of the day, and I'm, I'm going to say this from, from this place. If I don't consistently stay in God's face, I am in danger of breaking the law. Period. I love Jesus. I love winning souls. The word says he who wins souls is wise. I love the wisdom of God. Right? But it does not have anything to do with the reality that I live in this flesh, which is why the word Paul talks about, we die daily. Every single day, I have to consciously kill this flesh. The fact that we fast on Wednesdays, right? And you, whoever that is that's not on mute, can you mute your line for us? Um, we fast on Wednesdays. I, I need to say this. A fast is not for God. He is not a performance-based father. Fasts are for us. It is to teach us how to operate in discipline and to bring up what's in the flesh so we can get the rocks out of it. 
We got rocks. Right? That's that's why the word says make this stony heart flesh. Right? We we gotta get the things that are keeping us from being fully uh absorbed in the truth of God's word, the thing that keeps us free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. But if that's not your mentality, if that's not your mindset, if that's not your revelation, I assure you, it's like going back to Egypt. You don't do it on purpose, but what you feed grows, whatever that is, which is why I said, if I'm listening to secular music for too long, I'm going to have a problem. I just listen to it in bits and pieces to keep me some balance, to keep me out of um world, child. Because I go way too, I'll go too hard. And you'll be like, hey, come out, come out of there right quick <laughs> in real life, right? But at this point, I understand where I'm weak, right? So I speak from that place. Amen. Anybody else have anything? Hey, good morning. It's me. Um, great declaration, great conversation. Um, very thought-provoking, and I think that's the intent, that whatever we hear would lead towards us thinking. Thinking about where we find ourselves in the Word or where the Word finds us, because it absolutely will do that. Hence the Word stooping low and meeting her right where she was at her point of need. And he even had to humble himself to the extent of he didn't have to go low. There was no sin in him. Um, but looking at Mary Magdalene, which there is still debate in the camp whether there are two different Marys. That's not about this discussion, but there's a Mary of Bethany, which is Lazarus' sister, and a Mary Magdalene. Nevertheless, that Mary Magdalene, it talks about she has been forgiven of much. And to whom much has been forgiven of, the word talks about they love much, right? So because of everything that he had done for her um, and how he had forgiven her and no longer condemned her, but showed her that there was a way to life, she loved him much, right? But she didn't just love him much in word or just in her imagination or in her heart. It became an action in how she served him and how she followed after him and how her whole life was changed. And that's why the word talks about in Romans, it's the goodness of the Lord that leads men to repentance. And over in John, it talks about if you really love me like you say you do, you'll keep my commandments. And I think that's what we should be pursuing if we say we love him. I get it that we got stuff going on in this world, but you just said it. That's the charge for us to do is not only die daily, but crucify this flesh. That's our everyday job that we got to do because we got the world pulling on us. We got our own stuff pulling on us. And we got, you know, the enemy trying to kill, steal, and destroy. So it's no wonder why if we're not fasting, if we're not in my word, if we're not trying to cultivate a relationship with God, if we're not protecting our ear gates, our eye gates, and our heart gate, if we're not protecting those gates and those doors, if we're falling back to what's familiar because we're not getting an understanding, if we're not allowing wisdom, which we should be pursuing after, for it to be the principal thing so that we can live our lives according to the word, if we're not hiding it in our hearts, if we're not allowing the word to be lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. All that stuff works together. It's not in isolation. 
he didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. And because adultery is coming out of covenant, which we are in covenant with God, that's what it represents. We need to stay connected to the vine and abide. And so we take the whole word. We need our allies. We need our, our, our tribe. We need people around us, like you said, to tell us when we're off. And it's not cool to just be in your mind thinking it um, and find ourselves wondering how did we get here. It's no wonder. And, and I think that's why the word talks about we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. He gives us to walk in offense and unforgiveness and bitterness and envy and strife and you hurt me and, and feelings. Is, you know, they're important, but we can't be led by them. We can't be controlled by them because they will jack you up, well, me, every single time. And you're absolutely right. What I lend my members to is the thing I'm going to yield in. And we always talk about there's no condemnation in Christ, but the rest of that scripture says who walks after the spirit and not according to the flesh. If I walk after the flesh, yeah, there's going to be some condemnation coming from myself and from the enemy. Not in Christ as I abide and remain. And I think that's the thing to help us to know if we fall, get back up and keep going because the enemy wants us to stay down. It's just like, wait, you fall off the wagon. I had to tell somebody this the other day. If we fall off the wagon, get back on and keep going. Just don't quit. Truth is, we already won. It's already written in the book. But how will you live this life out? And what kind of example will we be for those who want to follow Christ? That we can live this life victoriously. We absolutely can. Thank you for your share. Thank you uh, for the word. I just appreciate it. I love you. I love you more. Thank you for that. All very good stuff. Good morning, Miss Dion and Victory family. Um, this is Rochelle, and I just wanted to say um, you get my whole lunch money today, even though I'm fasting. <laughs> that declaration was on. Um, it just put me. God always validates something or confirms what he says. And a while back, he says, I am your vindicator. He said, I will allow you to bow out, bow out of relationships gracefully. And I thank him for that because I had to ask him, you know, to deliver me from people. You know, you hold up when you become a Christian, you want to do everything right. You want to uphold a standard you you know, if somebody don't like you or say something to you, you want to know why, you want to know what you've done. And a lot of times it's not even about you. It's the God that's in you. So I just, I, I love the way you just brought that together, how he stood up and how he got down. I posted something to my cousin um, a while back and I just had to tell her that I thanked her and I loved her because I used to call her crying every day because I felt like I wasn't worthy enough because people made me feel that way. But God said, they don't see you the way I see you. And those are the things that we have to focus on, the way what God says about us, what, how he looks at us. It's not about there's failure in man. They're always going to judge you. So I thank you that gave me, you know, a whole new revelation on that scripture and, and, and understanding that you're not, you're not a people pleaser and you cannot please people. You have to please God. So thank you again. And I'm going to be sending my lunch money. <laughs> Amen. Thank you in advance for your seed. God bless you. We appreciate you. Um, I'm, I'm going to say something to what you said. People don't ever have the power to make you feel any kind of way. 
the only person that can ever make you feel a way about anything that occurs is you. Okay. That's all. You decide how people make you feel. None more, none less. One of the the beautiful benefits of discernment, um, because the way that Jesus dismissed how they moved around, their accusation, not only was it powerful, but if you take yourself and put yourself in the text, she felt like she felt because she allowed herself to feel that way. Jesus then came in right behind it and affirmed um, that their opinion was irrelevant. And she technically, having dealt with what she deals with, right, Um, having done what she did, it was just her responsibility to get over it and to change the behavior, to create a new habit, a new pattern, a new level of accountability, right? That was her responsibility. So when you take onus in the process and you take the responsibility or even the burden of people and their accusations out of the equation, at the end of the day, the only thing that she should have felt away about was the fact that she broke the law that was put in place to protect her. Forget what y'all talking about. I don't care what you say. I'm ratchet, yup, and I know it. And this week, I happen to feed the things that reinforce my ratchet. What, what God allowed sin to do was bring up in her what needed to be addressed, what needed to be confronted, what needed to be overcome. The reality was she put herself in a very vulnerable position, and now she got to deal with the fact that there is a consequence of how she feels about who she is based on the fact that she broke the law put in place to protect her. That's it. Forget the people. Take the people out of the problem. The people are not the problem. The fact that you got caught in the sin is, and it has nothing to do with who you sinned with. Sin issues have nothing to do with an additional party. They're all our own personal shortcomings, our own personal emotional breaches, um, uh, our own personal uh, sin infractions or iniquitous infractions. So when you find yourself in a scenario where you out of pocket and you know you out of pocket, one of the biggest problems that we have is that we don't ask the right questions. We spend a whole bunch of time saying, why why did I do that? Instead of asking the question, what is the source of that? Lord, show it to me. The reason that happens is because there's a breach in your prayer life, if that makes sense. One of the powers of prayer, like I said, prayer will not keep you from sinning. (laughs) You got to keep you from sinning. 
you have to put things in place. You have to replace all habits. You have to acknowledge bad ones and then reinforce them with new ones. When you feel yourself getting weak in your flesh, faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. If you know you're about to run out sexually in, in sexual sin, the only thing that is going to change that is what you hear and what you say. If you constantly say that you want to have sex, before it's all said and done, you're going to have sex. But if you constantly confess, God, I thank you for your keeping power. I thank you that you've given me the measure of self-control. I thank you, Lord God, that you guard, give me the power to guard my members. We have to own our struggle. If you know you are alcoholic, drinking consistently leads to more alcoholism. Instead, find you a new drink. If you know you pop pills, take the pills out your house. Whatever you struggle with, replace the habit. We are a sum total of what we do. We are a sum total of what we hear. We are a sum total of what we practice and participate in consistently. What you feed will always grow, period. So when I feel away, let me tell you what I do. I entrench myself, especially if it's a mindset, right, especially if I'm, I'm feeling raggedy in my head. I know that I need to reinforce my ratchet thoughts with the truth. If I'm feeling uh, fearful about finances, I know that I need to reinforce my thoughts with what the word says about finances. So that's why I said pursue the problem. Don't ask why did I do that. Ask where did that come from in my heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The heart is deceitfully wicked, right? Amen. Anybody else? I hope that helped. It does. It was just um, the vulnerability of my heart. I think I that's the problem that I had to address and get up out of that that part of why, why, why and not be vulnerable to people. No, no, no. Let me back you up. Vulnerability is necessary. It's the vulnerability that will make you open your mouth and say to somebody that will hold you accountable, listen, I'm, I'm feeling real weak. You know, I'm, you know I, I, I come from alcoholism. It's in my bloodline. I need you to partner with me in prayer. See, vulnerability makes you get over stuff and quit tripping off of what people said. That's what vulnerability is for. So we are taught that vulnerability makes you weak. The reality is being vulnerable is what really keeps you strong because it means that you can be honest about where you at. It's that strong bra that ends up in somebody's bed she ain't got no business in, right? So we, we, you got to unlearn to learn. I spent forever right. refusing to be vulnerable. It's what kept me bound. It's what kept me struggling. I didn't have the courage to tell somebody I was struggling with anything. I didn't have the courage 
right, to say, I'm dealing with this, I need some help. You've got to get to a place where you deal with your stuff in a place that's safe. That's why we've created this culture, right? If you don't have somebody that you can be accountable with, if you don't have friends around you that you can be honest with, you need to ask the Lord to teach you what's in your heart that will not allow you to create or encounter mutually beneficial relationships. They are necessary for the course. The first thing Jesus did when he walked into ministry was he found his squad. And he even found his enemy. So you need all that. Does that make sense? It does. I think just looking at, um, and I do get it, I do get it. At the time when this all transpired, I was new. So I was looking up to the season, you know, people in the church for acceptance. But as I grew and learned, I understood better that, you know, I was just allowing myself to be, um, I guess, used by the power that they had. Well, not even the power, the authority of being um more in church law or knew more about it. And you know how they say though you know, Uh-oh. condemn you for certain things. Um mm-hmm. and just coming um to learn the Lord and and take ownership of the life that I'm coming out of into the life that right. I'm pursuing, um, I just had to learn how to do that. Right, and I, I guess can, I was just—it's a process. Yeah, you do yeah. it. You doing everything right, Rochelle. Like okay. you, you in good space. What I'm gonna, what I'm gonna say, and this will probably apply to more people than you, right? It is, um, it's imperative that now again, when you don't ask the right questions, you don't get the right answer, right? Ask the Lord to teach you what to ask. That comes from being partnered with an effective prayer life and a Bible teaching church and your own personal devotion, right? You gotta, you gotta walk into relationship. Uh, uh, the word says, and the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. See, a lot of the stuff that I learned, I ain't learned at church, right? I, I, I have always been very conscious, um, and by the grace of God, even though I didn't know what it was, discernment is very key, right? The, the word says, let he who lacks wisdom ask, and it shall freely be given unto you. Our responsibility is to pray and ask the Lord for wisdom. Wisdom, right, which is the principal thing, leads us into understanding, it is the understanding that guards our hearts, right? Guard your heart with all of your diligence, for out of it are the issues of life, right? So, so we have a responsibility to employ um, the right things in the spiritual realm. So just begin to ask the Lord to give you wisdom and a discerning heart, right? Because at the end of the day, there is something in you that leans toward um, being used. Ask me how I know. Hmm? 
right? This is that's this is not a statement from a place of judgment. This is what I've lived. I, I know what it looks like to be um, to need the approval of people. I've been there, right? Usually, the deep root of that is abandonment and rejection. Those are the kind of questions that get you to the place where you start to pull the rocks out of your soil. See, I don't str- I don't need your approval today. And then you start to identify your triggers, right? If somebody say the wrong thing, it throw you off, and now you behaving crazy because your mama rejected you or abandoned you or your daddy or whoever it is, right? So there, there are so many things that go to this. It is a journey. Nothing happens until it's time. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So then the prayer becomes, God, uh, give me capacity. Right? Stretch me. Amen. Anybody else? I said a whole bunch. I know I did. Pastor, Pastor. Pastor. Um, so clarity on a question. Um, I think I completely understood what you said, but I've heard something before on this line where they said you can't stop yourself from sinning. Um, you can't stop yourself from doing it again. Can you address that a little bit, please? I think I understood based on what you and Lisa said that, but I just need to make sure that I understood. Thank you. Well, I don't. I don't know that you can't stop yourself from sinning. You absolutely cotton picking can. I believe it. It's a decision. I believe it too. Mm-hmm. Not by power, you, you can't the power. by might, but by that Holy Spirit. Yeah, but by the Spirit of God. You got a willing mind. Yeah, you got to first have a willing mind. When you get but, sick but and tired again, sick and tired. It, that's it. When you get to a place where you mm-hmm. had enough, and you know the pain that it. Listen, God's laws are in place to keep us safe, to protect us. Sin is not about him. It's about us. Sin tears us down, right? You to every man is given the measure of self-control. Our habits become our hangouts. What we do most frequently, what we hear most frequently, what we say most frequently becomes the space in which we occupy, becomes the posture in which we stand. Every single day, one second at a time, you make choices. Every single day, every hour of the day, you make decisions. What you decide is nobody's responsibility but your own. God is not going to come down and be like, uh, let me take this choice away from you. Not happening. Good luck with that. You have to participate in your own success. That means living a life of discipline. That means employing proper habits. That means choosing the right thing the first time. If you do the right thing the first time, you will always have done the right thing. Right? That's where integrity and character begins to overtake natural proclivities cultural proclivities, but they're your choices. He's not going to make those decisions for you. You got to do it. If that was the case, David wouldn't have sinned. If that was the case, Moses wouldn't have missed the promised land. If that was the case, you understand what I'm saying? You got to do it. Mm-hmm.
my, 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 my. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Boy, you just dropped the bomb on us this morning. You know, uh, look, you know, it's, it's real, though. It's, if you, if you lack the discipline, you know, because I could confess Jeff's weaknesses all he wants, but if I don't put no action behind it, I'm going to stay stuck. And I hate it. You know, um, every, you know, when I fast and I pray, I always try to add uh, another uh, part of uh, taking away the, the, the substance of food. Uh, I, I might say, well, okay, well, uh, I ain't, I ain't going to play dominoes uh, for 30 days and, or either, uh, okay, I, I'm not going to watch uh, television uh, for 30 days. And so this year, since when I started my 21-day fast, I told myself, well, I, I know I need to put more time into my my, my reading God's word. So while I'm fasting from food, uh, I ain't going to play dominoes for these 21 days. And uh, uh, I'm not going to watch uh, television for, for for 21 days. But I say, well, hold on. The playoffs is jumping off right about now. You know? So I've been struggling. I, I've been able to fast from the food, but I, I, I keep – I'm still drawn to the domino table. And I, that's time I could be studying my word. You know, and so when you struggle in the area of doing the work, oh my God, thank you for what you just shared. Because I, 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 I mean, I know it, I know it, I know it. But but carrying it out, doing it is another thing. So y'all pray for Jeff. Well, Jeff prays for himself, but that's my struggle. You know what I'm saying? Doing the work that you know that is needed to be done because God the Father ain't going to come down and do it for you. Jeff, you got to bypass the domino table on your own and get into your word. Replace that time that you will be playing domino with studying your word. Replace that time of uh, empire or power, whatever it is you will be watching on TV and studying your word along with fasting and praying from the food. So thank you for uh, that nugget this morning. Amen. Super good stuff and super duper true. And this this what I'll tell you, Brother Jeff. If you take every day, if you spend time in my company, what you'll notice is that my phone, I have a whole bunch of alarms. I tell you guys this all the time. I also have this thing called Yap App, Y-A-P-A-P-T, that you can download on your phone. It is 100% free, right? I have typed out declarations, and it is set to go off eight times a day. That is coupled with my, my own personal alarms where my phone will literally sound off. Um, those are times that it is set to remind me to thank God. The YAP app I've set up to make sure that I declare the word of the Lord over myself and my, my immediate connection, right? So there are some that are set specifically for you guys. 
um, if, you know, the, the Holy Spirit will begin to bring specific things up in my heart to pray for or show me pictures of things. Um, and so when those alarms come up, I aim my prayers. If you set little bitty things up to win, you will always win, right? If you begin to employ new habits to replace old ones, even if it's just for five-minute increments consistently, those new habits that you begin to employ will override the old habits. Don't punish yourself for wanting to play dominoes. You ain't going to die. Now, if dominoes uh, put you in the company of people that take you outside of operating under the guise of the principles and the laws put in place to protect you, then it's a problem. But you have to disassociate how you feel about playing dominoes with the fact that in times past it was an infraction because you weren't spending quality time in areas that, that you were supposed to, if that makes sense. If you enjoy it um, and it's not harmful, now I don't know what's, what's happening at the table. That's the thing. Maybe you need some new domino partners. You see what I'm saying? I was wondering the same thing. Is dominoes a sin? No. No. I don't know how that could possibly be a sin. It's the time time factor for Jeff. Jeff Jeff will sit at the dino table for the other day and then come home and won't um, pretty Patrice to dance to his tomb. And she's like, hold on, partner. I've been all day. Where you been at? So, and God says so, the same so thing. It's a, it's a time thing. Right yeah, it's, it's a time thing. Yeah. So, how about, how about we do this? I'm going to give you a charge, Brother Jeff. So, why don't you do this? So, there is um, the daily audio Bible that you can download. Turn it on while you play dominoes. That's, that's yeah. reading the Bible. That's probably um, going to. So, that's probably going to. Take away his concentration, Precisely. Hey, Brother right. Jeff, some people use certain language when they play dominoes, because I was not know what I like. You know what I'm saying? It's three, it's three stitches, one of them. You know what I'm saying? Right? But that, every, that's, every that doing that. that's called pursuing the problem. Sorry. It's also about balance. That's called pursuing the problem. Thank you, it's Lisa. I was waiting for Whatever somebody you to say invest balance. Your time in, though, you will absolutely produce more seed and it will grow. So whatever you're investing more into, where your treasure is, there's your heart also. Your heart could be at that domino table. So it really boils back to a heart condition, right? There's absolutely nothing wrong with enjoying people who are not saved. But what kind of light are we being? I'm not saying your friends that play dominoes not saved, but what light are we being in any situation or circumstance or atmosphere? Are they still seeing Christ? Because we don't just leave God at home when we go play cards or dominoes or any of that stuff, right? We don't, because we can still have fun. I think this goes right back to what Rochelle was talking about, about the condemnation, because we were created in God's image and likeness, right? And God inhabits or desires the praises of his people. So we want people to speak well of us. If they don't, it's not going to make or break us. We want people around us to help encourage us and to cheer us on. That's why we have coaches and mentors. We desire that. We need that in fact right but the thing is we don't let what they say that's negative and contrary to the word of god which is
is absolutely a lie, interfere, or we shouldn't interfere with how we're doing what we've been called to do. Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And because he suffered, it helped him. So because we suffer, the things we go through, our trials, our tribulations, the stuff we face, it's for a reason. Deanne said this, it's for a reason, it's for a purpose to get us to where God has us to go because he's perfecting us. We haven't gotten there yet. He's still allowing every single thing, every single problem that if we learn how to have the proper perspective of it, it can produce some fruit in us. Right. So even Jesus, he was able to endure the pain of the cross because of the glory that was set before him. He had in mind a clear focus on where he was going and he knew why. So that's why he could accept Judas, because he knew Judas was part of the plan. Right. So if you got a problem, hold on, Lisa, hold on. Let me you say something. I want I want to correct it before we go too far past it. You said Mm -hmm. Jesus learned something through suffering. What did you say? Obedience. Mm-hmm. Obedience. He learned okay, obedience. Okay, but let me back you up because that, that's, that's not true. That's that's not uh-huh. true. He came here 100% perfect. Uh-uh. That's not exactly what it's saying. He's saying the thing that, so you can look it up yourself, it is in Hebrews 5 and 8. Although he uh-huh. was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Okay, okay. Meaning okay, he okay. learned how. So, yeah, all y'all okay. go do it. All okay. y'all go look it up. Thank you, Dion. Because okay. we need to know okay. that that's the part of studying the word of God, right? Mm-hmm. So because of the things mm-hmm. he went through, he was able to learn how to deal with and entreat people. He came to this earth not having experienced the human body, even though him being in the form of God, he thought it not robbery, robbery to be equal right, right, right. But he made himself right. no reputation, and he humbled himself, right? Mm-hmm. So he became man, and he experienced it to show us that we can do it. But before he experienced it, he had to experience it. Right. He had to experience okay. the it, rejection. He had to re- experience okay. right. the backbite. He had to experience the mm-hmm. people talking about him. He had to experience the beatings. He had to experience the people saying, I'm with you one minute and I'm against you the next. He had right. to experience Hosanna on one hand and then crucify him on the other. Mm-hmm. All that mm-hmm. stuff he had mm-hmm. to experience. And he still remained obedient to that cross mm-hmm. to go because mm-hmm. he, mm-hmm. he knew why that, he came. That discipline. He was not mm-hmm. confused why he came here. He came mm-hmm. to seek and save those that were lost, and he came to redeem us back to his father, back mm-hmm. to himself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that, so I think we once we through, get that part, once yeah. we get that part, that what we are here for, and then you find that location and you abide from that place, your response is from that place. Your posture is, is from that everything. place. Your appetite. In everything. And that mm-hmm. begins with the heart. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's no longer feeling guilty about playing dominoes because you already gave God his time. You're spending time with him, period, and you're still being the light. And that's where the enemy comes in, Rochelle, to trick us because of religion. And I'm sorry, but it is. Because uh-huh. it makes uh-huh. us have to follow these rules and instead of getting a relationship with him where God is saying, I'm cool, guess what? At that domino table, I want you to speak life into such and such and such sitting right across from you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but even even greater than that, one of the things that I had to realize is that the word of God cannot be memorized. It's got to be lived out. But beyond it being lived heart. out, the word of God, exactly. And so the, the issue is um, not even just about the discipline, because the dis- discipline comes about from a place of loving God uh, more than you love your idea of life. Yeah. Right. 
And so when you, faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. But if you don't hear the word of God, if you don't study the word of God, you have nothing to come back to your remembrance except for your stuff. Mm, that's why you give your stuff up. out. Yeah, that's I'm totally jacked up. up. <laughs> yeah. And so you, you get hungry enough for what he already said about you. You get hungry enough for wanting to live your your best life. You get hungry enough to want to live from a place of liberty and freedom, right? So much mm-hmm. so that your natural proclivities are overridden by the truth of God's word. But if it's not in you, the Holy Spirit don't have nothing to total recall. How about that? Right, there's nothing to pull back up. So you've yeah. got to have it in Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you, sin being the infraction, sin being the thing that God put in place to keep you safe. If you if you don't abide in that here, right? If you don't find your position in that thing, by son, I love you. Um, you're always gonna struggle. Bye, we love you. <laughs> yeah, you always gonna struggle. So Honey, turn turn on, uh, even if you just p- press play on your little, whatever your Bible app is, and let the word minister to you. Because after a while, listen, something, when you start to feed your spirit, man, you can't just read the Bible. Like reading the Bible is not like reading a novel. Mm-mm. Something will get triggered in your spirit and make you want more, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, I know it's the top of the hour. We're we're actually ten minutes in. Um, anybody have a last question, comment, commentary before we um, release the call for the day? Um, Dion, can you tell me the cash out one more time, please? You, it's just I declare victory. Okay, thank you. Mhm. Thank you. You'll never get this discussion just sitting in church. Never. Man. Well, I don't know. I can't say never, but I didn't. Thank you, Lord. I was going to say, <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> Listen, I, I didn't uh, All right. Amen. Well, if all hearts and minds are clear, um, I'm going to um, release you into your day for those of you that hey, are hey, asking. Dion. We meet. Huh? I have this surprise report. You know, you guys were praying for my cousin who had a stroke um, the night before last. And thanks be to God, the brother is sitting up talking. His wife sent me a picture mm-hmm. this morning with him doing his, his peace sign. I just wanted to thank you for your prayer because that just shows us Amen. just how good you, God, God is when we trust and believe him to be Jehovah Rapha. So I'm thanking God for his life. 54 years old, he was just here at my house. And so I'm just thanking God and thanking y'all for your prayers. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, God, thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, with that said, guys, I pray that you go and grow in love. We'll meet right back here today at 5 p.m. with Lady Diane just to go uh, in real quick and thank God for his keeping power and uh, thanking him for revealing to us the things that are in our hearts that keep us. 
uh, from abiding in the location of the liberty wherewith we were saved. And so I pray that you have an amazing day. I love you all. Um, don't forget to sow. Absolutely amazing ground. And I'm expecting one heck of a harvest in 2020. I'm trying to go buy at least 30 blankets before this month ends. I've been doing that consistently, but I would like to, to turn it up a notch during this winter because it is cold. <laughs> Super. Love you guys. Have an amazing day. I'll hear you at 5 p.m. Thank you so much. Love y'all. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye. Discipline. Love y'all. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Love you. Love you. Love you all. Peace.